Chapter 10, verses 16 through 25 of Catina Aria, Commentary on the Four Gospels, Collected Out of the Works of the Fathers, by St. Thomas Aquinas. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Verses 16 through 18. Behold, I send you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves. Be ye therefore wise as serpents and harmless as doves. But beware of men, for they will deliver you up to the councils, and they will scourge you in their synagogues. And ye shall be brought before governors and kings for my sake, for a testimony against them and the Gentiles. Chrysostom, having removed all care and anxiety from the apostles, and armed them with the miraculous powers, he proceeds to foretell the evils that should befall them. First, that they might know his knowledge of the future. Secondly, that they should not think that these things befell them because of the want of power in their master. Thirdly, that they might not be amazed if these things had come upon them unexpectedly. Fourthly, that after hearing these things, they might not be dismayed in the season of his cross. And lastly, that they might learn a new method of warfare. He sends them unprovided, bidding them to look to those who should receive them for support. But rests not in that, but shows his power still further. Lo, I send you as sheep in the midst of wolves where observe that he does not say merely to wolves, but in the midst of wolves, to show his excellent might therein, that the sheep would overcome the wolves, though they were in the midst of them, and though they received many bites from them, yet were they not destroyed, but rather convert them. And it is a much greater and a more wonderful power that can change their hearts than that can kill them. Among wolves he teaches them to show the meekness of sheep. Gregory for he who undertakes the office of preacher ought not to do evil, but to suffer it, and by his meekness to mollify the wrath of the angry, and by his wounds to heal the wounds of sinners in their affliction. And even should the zeal of right-doing ever require that he should be severe to those that are placed under him, this severity will be out of love, and not of cruelty, outwardly maintaining the right of discipline, and inwardly loving those whom he corrects. To many, when they are entrusted with the reins of government, burn to make the subjects feel them, display the terrors of authority, and forgetting that they are fathers, rather desire to be thought lords, changing a station of lowliness into that of lofty dominion. If they ever seem outwardly to fawn on any one, they inwardly hate him. Of such he spoke above. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. For prevention whereof we ought to consider that we are sent as sheep among wolves, whose innocence we ought to preserve, not having the tooth of malice. Jerome, he calls the scribes and Pharisees, who are the clergy of the Jews, wolves. Hilary, the wolves, indeed, are all such as should pursue the apostles with mad fury. Chrysostom, their consolation under their hardship was the excellent power of him who sent them. Wherefore he puts that before all, lo, I send you. Be not dismayed, though you be sent in the midst of wolves, for I am able to bring it to pass that you suffer no hurt, that you should not only prevail over the wolves, but be made more terrible than lions. But it is good that it should be thus. Hereby your virtue is made brighter, and my power is more manifested. Also, that somewhat should proceed from themselves, that they should not think themselves to be crowned without reason. He adds, Be ye therefore wise as serpents, simple as doves. Jerome, 
wise that they might escape the snares, simple that they might not do evil to others. The craft of serpent is set before them as an example, for he hides his head with all the rest of his body, that he may protect the part in which life is. So ought we to expose our whole body, that we may guard our head, which is Christ, that is, that we study to keep the faith whole and uncorrupt. Robin. The serpent, moreover, seeks out narrow chinks, through which it crawls to draw off its old skin. So the preacher, passing through the narrow way, lays aside the old man. Rigmig. Beautifully the Lord bids the preacher have the wisdom of the serpent, because the first man was beguiled by a serpent, as though he had said, The foe is subtle to deceive. Be ye therefore wise to rescue. He commanded the tree, Do ye also command the tree of the cross. Hilary. He first attempted the softer sex, allured her by hope, and promised a share of immortality. Do you, in like manner, seize every opportunity, look well into each man's nature and inclination, use wisdom of speech, reveal hope of good things to come, that what he promised falsely we may preach truly according to God's promise, that they that believe shall be like to the angels. Chrysostom. But as we ought to have the wisdom of the serpent, that we should not be hurt in any deadly part, so also we should have the simplicity of the dove, not to retaliate when we are hurt, nor to avenge ourselves on those who have designed aught against us. Rigmig. The Lord unites these two things, because simplicity without wisdom might be easily deceived, and wisdom is dangerous unless it be tempered with simplicity that does no man hurt. Jerome. The harmlessness of doves is shown by the assumption of that form by the Holy Spirit, as the Apostle speaks, and malice be ye children. Chrysostom. What is harder than these commands? It is not enough that we suffer ill, but we must not be angry thereat, as is the dove's nature, for anger is extinguished not by anger, but by meekness. Rabin. That by the wolves above he intended men, he shows when he adds, Take heed of men. Gloss. Ye have indeed need to be wise as serpents, for as they are wont to do, they will deliver you to the councils, forbidding you to preach in my name. Then, if ye be not corrected, they will scourge you, and at length ye shall be brought before kings and governors. Hilary, who will endeavor to extort from you either to be silent or to temporize? Chrysostom, how wonderful that men who had never been beyond the lake in which they had fished did not straightway depart from him on hearing these things. It was not only of their goodness, but of the wisdom of their teacher. For to each evil he attaches somewhat of alleviation, as here he adds, for my sake. For it is no light consolation to suffer for Christ's sake. For they did not suffer as evil or wrongdoers. Again he adds, for a testimony against them. Gregory, either that they had persecuted to the death, or that they had seen and were not changed. For the death of the saints is to the good an aid, to the bad a testimony, that thus the wicked may perish without excuse, in that from which the elect take example and live. Chrysostom. This was matter of consolation to them, not that they sought the punishment of others, but that they were confident that in all things they had one present with them, and all-knowing. Hilary. And by this their testimony not only was all excuse of ignorance of his divinity, 
taken away from their persecutors, but also to the Gentiles was opened the way of believing on Christ, who was thus devotedly preached by the voices of the confessors among the flames of persecution. And this is that he adds, and the Gentiles. Verses 19 and 20. But when they deliver you up, take no thought how or what ye shall speak, for it shall be given you in that same hour what ye shall speak. For it is not ye that speak, but the Spirit of your Father which speaketh in you. Chrysostom. To the foregoing topics of consolation, he adds, another not a little one, that they should not say, How shall we be able to persuade such men as these when they shall persecute us? He bids them to be of good courage respecting their answer, saying, When they shall deliver you up, take no thought how or what ye shall speak. Rigmig. How or what one refers to the substance, the other to the expression in the words. And because both of these will be supplied by him, there was no need for the holy preachers to be anxious about either. Jerome. When then we are brought before judges for Christ's sake, we ought to offer only our will for Christ. But Christ who dwelleth in us speaks for himself, and the grace of the Holy Spirit will minister in our answer. Hilary. For our faith, observing all the precepts of the divine will, will be instructed with an answer according to knowledge, after the example of Abraham, to whom, when he had given up Isaac, there was not wanting a ram for a victim. For it is not ye who speak, but the Spirit of your Father that speaketh in you. Rigmig. Meaning, ye indeed go out to the battle, but it is I who fight. You utter the words, but it is I who speak. Hence Paul speaks, Seek ye a proof of Christ who speaketh in me. Chrysostom. Thus he raises them to the dignity of the prophets, who have spoken by the Spirit of God. He who says here, Take no thought what ye shall speak, as said in another place, Be ye always ready to give an answer to him that demandeth the reason of the hope that is in you. When it is a dispute among friends, we are commanded to be ready, but before the awful judgment and the raging people, aid is ministered by Christ, that they may speak boldly and not be dismayed. Verse 21 and 22. And the brother shall deliver up the brother to death, and the father the child, and the children shall raise up against their parents, and cause them to be put to death. And ye shall be hated of all men for my name's sake, but he that endureth to the end shall be saved. Having placed the comfort first, he adds the more alarming perils. Brother shall deliver up brother to death, and father the son. Children arise against their parents to put them to death. Gregory. Wrongs which we suffer from strangers pain us less than those we suffer from men on whose affections we had counted. For besides the bodily affliction, there is then the pain of lost affection. Jerome. This we see often happens in persecutions. Nor is there any true affection between those whose faith is different. Chrysostom. What follows is yet more dreadful. Ye shall be hated of all men. They sought to exterminate them as common enemies of all the world. To this again is added the consolation for my name's sake, and yet further to cheer them. Whosoever shall endure to the end, he shall be saved. For many are hot and zealous in the beginning, but afterwards grow cool. For these, he says, I look at the end. For where is the profit of seeds that only sprout at first? Wherefore he requires a sufficient endurance from them. Jerome. For virtue is not to begin, but to complete. Rigmig. 
and the reward is not for those that begin, but for those that bring to an end. Chrysostom. But that no man should say that Christ wrought all things in his apostles, and therefore it is nothing wonderful that they were made such as they were, since they did not bear the burden of these things. Therefore he says that perseverance was their work. For though they were rescued from their first perils, they are preserved for still harsher trials, which again shall be followed by others, and they shall be in danger of snares as long as they live. This he covertly intimates when he says, Whosoever shall endure to the end, he shall be saved. Rigmig, that is, he who shall not let go the commandments of the faith, nor fall away in persecution, shall be saved. He shall receive the reward of the heavenly kingdom for his earthly persecutions. And note that the end does not always mean destruction, but sometimes perfection, as in that Christ is the end of the law. So the sense here may be, whosoever shall endure to the end, that is, in Christ. Augustine, to endure in Christ is to abide in his faith, which worketh by love. Verse 23. But when they persecute you in this city, flee ye into another. For verily I say unto you, ye shall not have gone over the cities of Israel, till the Son of Man be come. Chrysostom, having foretold the fearful things which should come upon them after his cross, resurrection, and ascension, he leads them to gentler prospects. He does not bid them presumptuously to offer themselves for persecution, but to fly from it. When they persecute you in this city, flee ye to another. For because this was the first beginning of their conversion, he adapts his words to their state, to Rome. This must be referred to the time when the apostles were sent to preach. When it was said to them, Go not into the way of the Gentiles. They should not fear, but may shun persecution. This we see the believers did in the beginning, when, on a persecution arising in Jerusalem, they were scattered throughout all Judea, and thus the season of tribulation was made the seed-time of the gospel. Augustine. Not that the Savior was unable to protect his disciples. Does he here bid them fly, and himself give them an example of it? But he instructed man's weakness, that he should not presume to tempt God, when he has anything that he can do for himself, but should shun all evils. Id, he might have suffered them to lay violent hands upon themselves, that they might not fall into the hands of their persecutors. Therefore, if he neither commanded nor allowed this mode of departure from this world to his own, for whom he himself had promised that he would prepare an eternal mansion, whatever instances may be brought by the Gentiles who know not God, it is clear that this is not lawful for those who believe one true God, Chrysostom, but that they should not say, What then if we fly from persecution, and again they cast us out thence, whither we have fled? To remove this fear, he says, Verily I say unto you, Ye shall not have completed, etc. That is, ye shall not have made the circuit of Palestine, or return to me, before I shall take you to me. Rabban or he foretells that they shall not have brought all the cities of Israel to the faith by their preaching, before the Lord's resurrection be accomplished, and the commission given them to preach the gospel throughout the world. Hilary, otherwise he exhorts to fly from place to place, for his preaching driven from Judea 
first passes into Greece. Then, wearied with diverse sufferings of the apostles up and down the cities of Greece, he takes an abiding refuge in the rest of the Gentile world. But to show that the Gentiles would believe the preaching of the apostles, but that the remnant of Israel should only believe at his second coming, he adds, Ye shall not have completed the cities of Israel, i.e., after the fullness of the Gentiles is brought in, that which remains of Israel to fill up the number of the saints shall be called into the church in Christ's future coming to glory. Augustine, let the servants of Christ then do as he commanded or permitted them. As he fled into Egypt, let them fly from city to city. Whenever any one of them is marked out for persecution, that the church be not deserted, it will be filled by those who are not sought after, and let these give sustenance to their fellow servants, whom they know cannot live by any other means. But when the threatening danger is common to all, bishops, clergy, and laity, let not those who have need of aid be deserted by those whose aid they require. Either, therefore, let them all pass to some stronghold, or let those who are obligated to remain not be deserted by those whose providence it is to supply their ecclesiastical needs that they may either all live or all suffer, whatever their master will have them to suffer. Rigmig. Be it known, moreover, that as this precept respecting endurance under persecution especially belongs to the apostles and their successors, men of fortitude, so the permission to fly is sufficiently proper for the weak in the faith, to whom the tender master condescends, lest if they should offer themselves for martyrdom, under the pain they should deny the faith and the sin of flight is lighter than that of denial. But though by their flight they showed that they had not the constancy of perfect faith, yet their desert was great, seeing that they were ready to leave all for Christ, so that if he had not given them permission to fly, some would have said that they were aliens from the glory of the heavenly kingdom. Jerome, spiritually we may say, when they shall persecute you in one book or one passage of scripture, let us flee to other volumes, for however contentious the adversary may be, protection will come from the Savior before the victory is yielded to the enemy. Verses 24 and 25 The disciple is not above his master, nor the servant above his Lord. It is enough for the disciple that he be as his master, and the servant as his Lord. If they have called the master of the house Beelzebub, how much more shall they call them of his household? Chrysostom because it should come to pass that his disciples among their persecutors should suffer loss of character, which to many is the most grievous of all calamities. He consoles them from his own example and those things that were spoken of him, a comfort to which no other can be compared. Hilary, for the Lord, the light eternal, the captain of the faithful, the parent of immortality, set before his disciples this solace of the sufferings that should come upon them, that we should embrace it as our glory, when we are made like to our Lord in suffering. Whence he says, The disciple is not above his master, nor the slave above his Lord. Chrysostom. Understand, so long as he is a disciple or servant, he is not above his master or Lord by the nature of honor. And do not here object to me such cases as rarely happen, but receive this according to the common course of things. Rigmig. He calls himself master and Lord. By disciple and servant, he denotes his apostles. Gloss, as much as to say, Be not indignant that ye suffer things which I also suffer, 
because I am your Lord, who do what I will, and your master, who teach you what I know to be profitable for you. Rigmig, and because the sentence seemed not to agree with the foregoing words, he shows what they mean by adding, If they have called the master of the house Beelzebub, how much more they of his household. Chrysostom, he said not here slaves, but those of his household, to show how dear they were to him. As elsewhere he said, I will not call you slaves, but my friends. Rigmig, as much as to say, ye therefore will not seek worldly honors and human glory. While you see me pursuing the redemption of mankind, through mocking and contumely. Chrysostom, and he says not only, if they have reviled the master of the house, but expresses the very words of railing, for they had called him Beelzebub. Jerome, Beelzebub is the idol of Acheron, who is called in the book of the kings, the god of flies, bell signifying idol, Zebub, a fly, the prince of the demons, he calls by the name of the foulest of idols which is so called because of the uncleanness of the fly, which destroys the sweetness of ointment. End of chapter 10, verses 16 through 25.